The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm interviewing Jeremiah Robinson, who is the founder and CEO of Psionic, an innovative company that builds lightweight and durable bionic clothing driven by powerful algorithms that adapt in real time to each individual's mobility needs. Think electrical stimulation to help your walking, but in a way that you've truly never seen before. Jeremiah talks to us about how his neural sleeve is different from all of the other electrical stimulation devices out there, and he tells us how it works, what benefits you can expect, and how to give it a try. Jeremiah, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I actually just found out about the psionic neural sleeve not too long ago. It was because one of my Missing Link members had heard about it and she was asking all these questions. And I was like, you know what? I need to find out the answers from someone who actually knows. <laughs> so I reached out and now we're on this podcast together. So I'm really excited to ask you just all these questions of what it is, how it works, all the ins and outs, nitty gritty details. And one cool thing is I asked all of my Missing Link members what questions they had because they've been hearing things too from people who have been trying it. So I've got lots of questions for you. Some are my own, some are from my Missing Link members. So I'd like to first start very generic. What is the psionic neural sleeve and where did this idea come from? Yes, uh, absolutely. So <laughs> my origin story really is related to my daughter who has not MS. Uh, she has a diagnosis of cerebral palsy uh, and specifically spastic diplegia, which affects her ability to walk. And in her physical therapy, there are really these two experiences that I thought, wow, there's so much promise but it's just so limited. So the first one was doing a gait analysis for her. And so they set her up for an hour of placing the little reflective dots and the EMG sensors to record her muscle activity. And then she walks 10 steps in a very controlled environment and 10 steps back. And they say, here's your report. Here's how she walks. Well, it's great, except I want to know how she's walking, how she's moving in the real world when she's at school and when she's experiencing you know, traffic and falling. And the second was around functional electrical stimulation. And in, in her therapy, she used it with her therapist a device called the Chattanooga, which is an electrical stimulation device that has basically two triggers. And the therapist walks behind her and fires the muscles with her thumbs. And I thought, well, geez, you know, that's one, it only works here in the clinic. And two, that's only in what her therapist can follow around. Can I have her therapist follow her all around? Life? So, what if we could take those two things, put them into a single garment that looked like it was just everyday clothing and have that continuously helping her to walk and navigate her environment. 
So that's the origin of it. We started the company in 2018. And just earlier in February, we got our FDA clearance for continuous gait support for people with upper motor neuron conditions like MS, stroke, cerebral palsy, and others. I love that this came from a personal experience because I think that's so different than something that's developed just because you think it'd be helpful, but you don't really know the behind the scenes. And living with someone, your daughter, who has cerebral palsy, you see the ins and outs of mobility and the struggle. So I think that's such a cool background that got you into developing the psionic neural sleeve. Yeah, I, I think it's so important. So explain to us how it works. And also, because this is a podcast, can you explain how it looks for people who this might be the first time people have ever heard of it? Yeah, well, let's start with the latter question. How does it look? The goal is for it to look like a legging and maybe like you see an NBA star or maybe a WNBA star wearing a single leg sleeve. It looks like a compression sleeve. It's made of Lycra. It is lightweight and it has a small control unit that looks like almost like a cell phone that slips in at pocket level. And that is the brains of the operation and it controls the whole system. And so how it works is it is continuously measuring two different signals of the body across multiple areas. So one is muscle firing. So we use service EMG to understand which of the major muscle groups are firing when and how, and that helps us understand where there might be spasticity or tone or mistiming of firings. And then we're also able to measure the orientation of the limbs, where the lower leg and upper leg are in space. And that allows algorithms that are on board the device know exactly when to fire. And by fire, I mean inject a small amount of electrical current in the muscle to elicit a contraction at the appropriate time during the gait cycle and other movements that we're working on as well. That sounds like such a unique approach because there are some other devices out there that stimulate nerves, muscles, all that good stuff to get your leg moving, but not in this fashion, at least not that I've seen where it is this sleeve. One question that I got from my Missing Link members was, can you wear it under your clothes? Like, can you fit a pair of pants on over it? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I know from our experience and from what we've heard from our users is that there's a little bit of a stigma to using devices, especially in daughter's case, when she was using a walker or, or crutches, she felt othered and she was saying, like, don't make another thing that makes me feel othered. And so part of that is making something one that it can be discreet enough to wear under clothing. So our users wear it under pants or dresses. But we also wanted to make it kind of stylish and aspirational so that if someone did want to talk about it and did want to show it off, that it looked really great. And we partnered with an amazing design firm here in the San Francisco Bay Area, a design firm that I've worked with for a long time called Fuse Project, led by Yves Bahar, who's a, he's just a fantastic industrial designer. And they really focused, one, on how to make it easy to take on and off, and two, how to make it look stylish and aspirational. It truly does look both of those things. You know, if you were to Google it and you pull up a picture, I think everyone would agree with that. So you mentioned one of the things were these electrode things that are on the inside. What, and I don't want to get too sciencey here, but what muscles do they stimulate? Like what are the actions that this device helps bring about? Yeah, so we took an approach of how many of the major muscle groups that are responsible for gait can we pack into a single device that's easy to take on and off? And so it addresses the quadriceps, 
for knee extension and stance stability, the hamstrings for knee flexion and also some stance stability. And then what I think a lot of people are familiar with in terms of foot drop, the dorsiflexors, which lift the foot, but also we can turn the foot. And so for people who have challenges with inversion during their foot drop and maybe land on the outside of their foot and have that risk of rolling an ankle, they can also address that. And then plantar flexion, the ability to push off by stimulating the, the calf muscle, the gastroc. And so by sequencing all four of those muscles, we can really have some profound impact on the overall stability and confidence of gait, as opposed to just addressing the single challenge of foot drop. Right. Yeah, that's really great. So many of my clients that I work with have foot drop, but also knee hyperextension or just difficulty bending their knee or straightening their knee. So it definitely sounds like this targets bending and straightening the knee and the foot drop. It doesn't go high enough, though, to affect the hip flexors, right? It doesn't, no, nor the glutes, at least in this version. As we start to learn more and find different ways to make that form factor work for folks, we hope to be able to actually address even more the different challenges with movement. So because it helps with knee bending and knee straightening, have you guys found that it does help with knee hyperextension? Yeah, it's one of the issues that we've started working on recently, as it's been reported by more and more of our users. And that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves in with the system is it is like your iPhone or like your computer, it is a software driven system and we can upgrade it. And, you know, that always goes through the regulatory pathways to make sure that we're safe and effective. Then we can bring on new things like helping in mid stance hyperextension or different activities like stairs, which is something that we're working on on now. Very exciting. Awesome. So how long do you need to wear it before you notice some of these benefits? Is it immediate or is it over time? I would say that the majority of our users have experienced an immediate what's called orthotic effect. And that's actually how we ran our initial trials were one visit users across the different spectrum of upper motor neuron conditions came in and we would put the sleeve on and then we would run trials back to back of 10 meter walk tests with and without stimulation and then measure the difference in the kinematics of movement. And primarily what we were looking at, it was two things was clearance of the foot during swing. So avoiding dragging a toe. And then that inversion at heel strike, are we landing with the foot rotated out or nice and neutral? And in those trials, we saw on average a nine degree improvement across those metrics where 4.9 is considered clinically significant by physical therapists. That's a lot of the science and, and study side of it, but what were people experiencing? And this is something that we hear so much as there was a confidence and a reduction of the cognitive load. And so what we hear from our users is that without the device, I really have to focus on every step. And there's a fear of falling with each of those steps. And as we sequence, and especially as we sequence more of the muscles, we're able to reduce some of that cognitive load. Now we have a group of users who are now using the device at home and have gone three months. And that immediate orthotic effect is now complemented by a training effect, meaning as they're getting used to it, as they're gaining strength, mobility and confidence with using the device, what we're seeing is increases in stamina. So the amount that they're walking and just one anecdote from an MS participant who started with us 
in February, she was using a wheelchair for most of her mobility needs and doing very limited walking and walking in physical therapy. She sold us last month. She said, I haven't used my wheelchair in a month, and now I'm walking 40 to 50 minutes at a time. So there is this ability to gain strength, gain mobility, and independence, which is you know sort of the holy grail of why we do what we do. Yeah. And I think those subjective outcomes of the confidence, decreased cognitive work is so important because at least with MS, one of the main symptoms can be fatigue. And that includes cognitive fatigue from how much work it takes when you think about every single step that you take when you walk. So that might sound to some people like, oh, that's a cool side effect, but that could be actually a really, really big effect of this device. So that's really exciting. Have you noticed any other type of subjective improvements in addition to the reduction of cognitive load? Yeah. So one of the most exciting things for us with our home users is looking at overall quality of life. And we ran a survey which looked at the sort of five major components of quality of life, mobility being one of them, activities of daily living, self-care, anxiety and depression, and pain. And after 12 weeks of trial, we were seeing you know, really profound mobility improvements. But what came as quite a pleasant surprise for us and something that is truly compelling is this reduction in anxiety and depression and in pain. And our thesis is that mobility is such an important capability for independence and for health. And it shouldn't have surprised us that as you improve community engagement, those other metrics will improve along with it. And, you know, it really speaks in my mind to a goal of healthcare moving forward is how do you treat the whole person and not just a single symptom. Yeah, absolutely. Have you found that this device works better for people who specifically with MS haven't had the disease for as long or progressive MS versus relapsing MS, or have you just found it works similarly for anyone regardless of those things? We have a pretty wide range, and I would hesitate to say it works better for this particular phase of the disease and say more that it's very individual, regardless of where they are in the disease progression. We've had people who are in the progressive and people who are in relapse and remitting report great outcomes. And that initial example I gave us, one of the questions we have is how limited in mobility can we start with? And we have exercises built into the sleeve as well as the walking support. And so there are two different modes of stimulation within the exercises. One that's just timing-based so that it can help to gain strength without having to necessarily elicit the contraction or the, the triggering themselves. And then there's a mode that uses that EMG signaling and the ability to read what that signal of intent is to help reinforce that with stimulation. And some of the folks who are doing a lot of those exercises are seeing a different set of gains within strength. And, and we had one of our male MS users whose girth of their calf has grown by three quarters of an inch. And you know, you know that without using the muscles, you're going to start losing the muscles and the tone and the dexterity of using those things. And so that was a long-winded answer of saying it's a pretty broad spectrum and we are trying to extend it further as well. Yeah, that's really cool. So is the idea that you would go to a physical therapist to get this device and then they help fit it to you, make sure it's set correctly. Then you go home and you use it. And then 
if you get strong enough, you need to get the settings changed or how often do you need to tune it up? Yeah, so two really good questions there. One on how does the initial setup happen? And one of the things that we wanted to do was for all those people who aren't going to therapy, who aren't able to have access to a professional, we wanted to be able to help them as well. And so we built a telehealth layer into the system whereby our technicians, people who are experts in setting up the system, can work with the user so they'll get the device delivered to their home. They have an appointment with a real life person, but just on the other end of the camera, like you and I are here, and they'll go through, train them on how to set up the system, do the initial tuning. But we really wanted to put the power in the hands of those users and do it in a really user-friendly way because an individual living with one of these conditions They're the most invested. And if we can make it easy enough to use that they can have the confidence to change the settings and optimize it, especially in something like MS where it changes on a day-to-day basis, that is ideal. Now, we will check in with them on a regular basis and they're always able to reach out to us and we can do a virtual tune-up for them as well. Hey guys, it's me again. I just wanted to chime in really quick and remind you that all functional electrical stimulation devices work best when you're doing them along with functional exercises. If you have any doubts about what exercises you should be doing to help improve your walking, check out my online MS wellness program, The Missing Link. In this program, you will learn all of the best exercises you should be doing to improve your walking, and you'll also have guides so you know exactly which exercises to be doing each day to help you reach your goals. For more information, check out the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get back to the interview. That is so great to hear. One thing I love being an advocate for is accessibility, which is why almost all of what I do is online because you can help so many more people. So that's a really nice touch that I love that you guys included. Is the idea with the psionic neural sleeve that you would notice these improvements, maybe especially if you're doing the exercise portion and using it for walking, that over time you get stronger, your walking becomes better, that eventually you wouldn't need it? Or is the idea that this would be something that you would just continue to use moving forward? It would be an amazing outcome if we had such a therapeutic benefit that a person no longer needed to use the sleeve. And I think it's going to depend condition to condition and user to user in cases where maybe it is a one-time event like a stroke or cerebral palsy and is non-progressive, you know, maybe they're more likely that they get to a point where they no longer need it. Certainly in maybe something like an orthopedic rehab, that would be what your expectation would be. I don't live with a progressive disease, but I know that the symptoms are generally getting worse over time. And we want a system that can adapt and grow with them. If we can see those gains, that is, that's the holy grail. And we've seen anecdotally, one of the very exciting pieces about a system that can both measure the muscle activity and influence it is that now we have a measure of how well they are doing. So if we do a baseline gait report, we can see both the kinematics and muscle firing and see where certain challenges are. Then over time, as they make improvements, you can start to see that signaling in improvement. And that's the holy grail, I think. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so are there currently any clinical trials going on where if someone wanted to participate in a trial, they could? Yeah, we're just about to start our second longitudinal trial looking at long-term use and benefits towards mobility specifically endpoints of gait speed and balance. 
and reduction of fall risk. And so we'll be doing a pilot with a small number of users. And then we're looking at taking that to larger scale with a couple of academic institutions. And so you can go to our website, psionic.com slash trials and sign up for trials if you want to participate in those. Awesome. And I'll put that link in the show notes for anyone who wants to look there for it. So let's say someone is very interested. They don't want to wait for a clinical trial. They just want to try it now. Is this something that insurance typically covers or not? And what is that process like to get one in your hands? Yeah, so we'll start with the second question. We are cleared to market and sell. And so we opened pre-orders in April and then we got so much demand, we closed pre-orders and then redid our build plan. And then we just recently reopened orders. And so our first devices from that first cohort will ship in November of this year. And then the orders that are being taken now will ship in and around February of this year. And so the way that that works is that basically it was important to me as someone who has purchased a number of very expensive things because I would do anything for my daughter to help her achieve her goals of independent movement. But oftentimes there's no trial, there's no money back guarantee, and just sort of hoping that it works. And I've had experience where it doesn't. And so I wanted to price it in a way that people were only paying if it was working for them. And so it is experimental, considered experimental technology by most payers. Although there are folks who have been able to work with their doctor, get the letter of medical necessity, show that it is giving them improvements and make that case and will help folks with that. But the pricing as we have it structured now is $200 a month for the first 12 months, return it anytime and stop paying. That was the best way to say, look, if it's working, great. And if it's not, I'd want the device back and we'll figure out how to make it work for as many people as possible. Yeah. So that sounds like it's a trial period almost, because if it's not working, you're not stuck with something that wasn't helping you. Do you have like a trial phase where you can try it for 30 days and if you end up keeping it, it goes towards that? Or is it just, nope, you get it and then you pay as you had just said? Yeah, that's the program we have now. And, you know, it's early and we will listen to the user feedback and find other ways. We've had a couple of people say, can I pay it all up front because I found a grant? that will pay for it. And so I need, I, but I need to pay for the whole price. And so we're learning what works from a pricing and affordability standpoint. And I think over time, we'll just keep continue to try to make it as affordable and accessible to as many people as possible. Cause there's a lot of people out there that could benefit. And that's our goal. Absolutely. I love how adaptable you guys are. I think that's so important when it comes to helping your product can help, as you just said, so many people. And I think it's important listening to that feedback and being open to it. So that's really great. Are there any contraindications to using it generally with electrical stimulation devices, things like implants, baclofen pumps? You know, is there anyone who should not use this type of device? Yes. So the contraindications are really around implanted devices with digital components. And it's not saying that you can't use them, but you really need to work with your physician to understand. And so pacemakers, backlift in pumps, 
Pacemaker, it would be something that we would certainly recommend against. Baclofen pumps, in our conversations with clinicians, they seem to be more comfortable with that. No one do it if you're pregnant. And tumors or skin lesions under the site where you would have stimulation. Gotcha. Makes sense. Any updates or ideas as to when this might be available in different countries? I know I have a lot of clients Mm. in the U.S., but also... Canada, UK, Australia, have there been any steps in that direction to go international? There have not. I mean, we are a small company and just getting started. And that's one of the reasons we are so flexible because this technology is new. At the same time, it's walking through the regulatory and getting a regulatory in the US and now working towards reimbursement in the US. Gosh, there are a lot of people though who have asked internationally and my wife is Canadian. So it ends up being a topic of conversation quite a bit as to when we'll go there. And I'm hopeful that over the next couple of years, we will be able to to start going into other markets. I had someone who is a distributor of products from Malaysia reach out and say, can I sell this in Malaysia? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> Not yet. Um, I don't even know what the regulatory environment is in Malaysia. But as we work with these foreign regulators as we nail down our processes here in the U.S. The goal is to build something that everyone in the world can use. Yeah. I'm so excited for you guys. I feel like I caught you right before you're just going to expand beyond measure. (laughs) So that's really exciting. I'm so excited that we can share this with even more people. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on yet that you think is important to share about the psionic neural sleeve? Yeah, one thing that I failed to touch on earlier and is very important to a lot of our users who have used electrical stimulation before is that we made a choice very early on to address one specific challenge people have, which is the challenge of getting the electrodes placed properly. So you'll often hear people say, well, I had to take the electrodes and move them and get them into the right place, the clinical products or products that have come before in this space. And we said, well, what if we could take and actually make that a software problem? And so our electrodes are actually an array of electrodes that can be steered in software. And that's why we're able to both lift the foot and turn it out for a foot drop participant. That means that you put it on once and you don't have to take it on and off to fuss with the electrodes. And I think that is a real pain point for some of the solutions that have come before. And one of the big innovations that we hope satisfies that need for our users. And so far, the feedback has been really great. They've been able to just put it on once and tune it up and go. Yeah, that's great. So are they stuck to the sleeve and then you just put the sleeve on and therefore it's in the same spot every single time? Yeah, that's another advantage of using uh, a garment type form factor is you get registration points and the main registration point for that is the knee. And so you get it, put it in the knee, and then there's a process of peeling off the protective cover and then putting the garment the rest of the way on. And it was designed, and I love what our industrial design team can go out and talk to the users and make something, especially for our stroke participants who have hemiparesis that affects their upper extremities can they put it on with one hand? And when you think about something like, what is our end point of success? It's independence. And if you build something and it requires someone else to put it on for you, all of a sudden you've lost one of the major points of independence. And so that is part of the goaling for us and part of the motivation of our partnership with Fuse Project was let's make it so that they can do it themselves. 
That's great. Independence is, I think, the ultimate goal with mobility, but even all things. So just even boiling it down to putting it on, you're right. Just every layer of it can be so helpful if you're able to use it. So that's such a good point. Awesome. Well, I just looked through and those are all the questions from myself and my Missing Link members. This has been so eye-opening and informative. So thank you so much for your time and for creating this and for sharing it with us today. Absolutely. And we love being part of this community and all of the feedback that we've gotten from our early trial participants taken with us from early concept all the way through to something they're using every day in their lives. We couldn't do it without this community. So we're super happy to to be on this journey with you. Awesome. And can you repeat your website again for those that might want to check you guys out? Yeah. So psionic.com, C-I-O-N-I-C. And there's information for pre-ordering, signing up for trials, or just signing up for the newsletter to follow along on the journey. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.